Hello everybody and welcome back. This is the Uncensored Anime Podcast, episode 33, and we are your hosts. I'm David, we got Jerry, we got Kenny, and today we have a review episode along with some news. Uh, We are going to be talking about uh, Record of Ragnarok, which just hit Netflix a few days ago of this recording. And, uh, you know, we got some, you know, we're pretty excited to talk about it, talk about some news as well. Uh, Some of our, uh, one of my favorite series in Shonen Jump got canceled. Um, But we have a lot of news. So, so Jerry, why don't we get right into it? Uh, Take it away. Start us off, big boy. Okay. Uh, So, as of today, we are just a few days away from the reveal of the Chainsaw Man trailer. So, as of this recording... And most likely by the time that this video goes live or by the time that you're listening to this, the trailer should already be out uh, at that point in time. Yeah, I think this will be out the same day that the trailer comes out, so or a day before. But beside the point, next time that we get together and record, the trailer will be out, and all of us will be very hyped for the new Chainsaw Man anime. If you don't know what Chainsaw Man is, we have hyped it up many times here on this podcast, but it is one of the most hype new shonen jump animes to come out it comes right out of weekly shonen jump the most popular shonen magazine in the world boys are you hyped for chainsaw man anime words can't describe are you talking about are you talking about the hero of hell yeah dude yeah that's him chainsaw man yeah chainsaw man yeah chainsaw man the hero of hell yeah that's yeah that's the one uh-huh. pretty excited yeah 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 Ninji's the yeah. best protagonist i've ever met in my entire life he just wants to um, touch some boobies. Ah. So, Jerry, Not... will, this, will this be like the real uh, video? Because I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube where it's like, oh, Chainsaw Man uh, trailer dropped, and I click on it, and it's like poop sock. So... I really hope I really hope people aren't still falling for that shit. That's so funny. <laughs> MAPPA themselves announced that at their anniversary, they're doing uh, this, I believe uh, this upcoming week is their anniversary, and they're doing, like, a big stage show, a bunch of announcements, updates, yada, yada. But they assured they would be at least revealing the first teaser or trailer for the Chainsaw Man anime, which I believe is supposed to be out before the end of 2021, uh, is what we know. But I don't think we have a solidified date. I could see it being a winter show, so December, that's my guess. I don't think it's going to hit in fall, but we'll see. All right. Well, I'm excited. But, uh, the one thing that I keep telling people is that what if uh, what if it's 3D? What do we do if it's 3D? Well, if it's 3D, that's fine. It just has to be good. Like, right? Is it fine, if... though? No, it's not fine. <laughs> no? Well, uh, I, I'd imagine fan. it looking similar to, um... I well, want not, it to... not Attack on Titan. I want it to look similar to Devilman Crybaby. I think oh, that is the... Oh, I think that that stylistic Who's choice that? would Hosoda is that the name of the the director that yeah. does that um, Mamoru Hosoda I would like I it to be similar to that um, animation and I think that it, they can take that sort of artistic liberty because Chainsaw Man is so um, energy filled I don't know I, I don't know a good word for it but like it's so phonetic or frenetic frenetic it's, frenetic it's so frenetic. Oh, I'm just gonna keep saying that word, um, and act like I, actually, I know I, what it means. I, I so. misspoke. Uh, define frenetic. Um, yeah, uh, frenetic is a word that I definitely and, know fast what it means. And energetic in a rather wild and uncontrolled way. That's that's chainsaw. That's man. chainsaw man. And I have to correct I, myself because I googled it. Uh, Mamoru Hosoda is 
not the director I was thinking of. Hasoda is known for Boy and the Beast, Summer Wars, those types of movies. Oh, Masaki Yuasa is the director I was thinking of. He's Devil May Cry Baby. Also did Japan Sinks. Um, yeah. Ping Pong the animation, that sort of. See, style. I think that I think that that sort of animation style is ideal. Mm-hmm. What they give us is what they're going to give us. Um, right. You know, a show we're going to talk if about. If it today, were to be, if it were to be. Oh wait, what, Kenny? A show we're going to talk about today just, you know, hurt me. Whenever I know how good that show could have been. Chill, chill, chill. So, I just, you know. We have a lot to say about Record of Ragnarok. (laughs) I will be happy with whatever they give me, but please, you know, please give me a good Chainsaw Man anime. It's weird because, like, when I think of good 3D anime, the ones that I've personally seen... It's like Beastars, Dorohidoro, and Ajin are the three that like pop out in my head as like moderately well done. I like especially Beastars. Yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, I know people still hate it. It's hard for people to accept like something different, but I think Beastars style works with this sort of 3D. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I agree. I do think people would be quite disappointed if Chainsaw Man was full 3D. I think that they're expecting a really clean really crisp looking 2d animated series similar to jujutsu kaisen i think that's what the expectation is right like that it's gonna look like maybe not exactly like jujutsu kaisen but in that same realm of like high quality 2d animation that's really like pushing the bar so i'm i'm excited it's just weird to me that like i don't know you guys think they're just gonna run it i hope so yeah. I hope they just go straight through. I, yeah. Especially Chainsaw Man is like some Maybe chapters of it. Chainsaw Man. I, I would say like some stretches of chapters could be, uh, you know, not even two minutes in an episode. Yeah. Like I think the. Especially in the later uh, half of the, like the later part yes, of the series. Bro. It's just like no words. It's just straight action. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. It might be a 24 episode, like two core. I'm thinking, I, yeah, I think that, in my mind, like, a five-chapter-an-episode pace for about 25 episodes, episodes is what yeah. I'm guessing. Something about a five-chapter-an-episode pace and a full 25-episode arc is what I would imagine. So yeah. two sets of, wait, 25 would be, no, wait. I'm thinking two groups of 12 episodes, so 12, 24. So I'm thinking 24 episodes, 96 chapters, yeah. five-chapter-an-episode pace. That's my guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But think that they are going to have to make some cuts a little bit along the way. I think there'll be small things that they'll have to kind of adjust. Five chapter okay. episode pace is just really, really fast. You know, like it, it's just a very fast pace. It worked, you know, only a few shows I know of, like have made five chapter episode pace work. And it's like Jojo's, right? Like Jojo's worked with a five chapter episode pace because of the, just the, what it is. But that's my guess. Yeah, it would be th- interesting. Hmm? You got to think about some of those later chapters in Chainsaw Man, like for real, like from, Right, so maybe it's slower in the up, up, but then you're right, the back half. You yeah, know, they, I, I, could be, yeah. As in, like, I think they could do three or four, like, normal, and then the back half they might be able to squeeze seven or eight, you know? Right. As do long, more of, like, a three. As long mm-hmm. as they don't cut any moments between Power, Aki, and Denji, then, you mm-hmm. know, they can they can do whatever. But they, they, they have to keep those wholesome moments. Like, that's... And for me, like... We gotta have Makima on screen all the time. It's oh, just Makima. Oh, God. Yeah. Chainsaw Dang. Man is a manga about Makima. It has nothing to do with the other characters. Oh, um, 
uh, Jerry, I hate to break it to you, bro. Uh, something happens to her, man. <laughs> no, Kenny. I know. So, I've read we won't it, say but what, but something happens my, to her. My I absolute wanna, queen. I wish that we could talk. I guess whenever Chainsaw Man's over, whenever the Chainsaw Man right. anime is over, somebody get in the comments on that episode and uh, tell me to remind me then because um, I want to talk about, like, I don't know, like Chainsaw Man going forward and like, and even like some of the stuff that happened in, in that, the first part in Chainsaw Man part one. And honestly, right? yeah. by the time the first season, like the first part of anime, or the first part of Chainsaw Man is animated, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if part two is in, uh, started in the manga. Yeah, it's, it's got to air concurrently. I think that that's, that's something that, because, you know, that'll be anime- important. Yeah, anime yeah. drives drives manga sales, so he's gonna want more manga to be out. You know. Yeah, even though the manga's selling just fine without just an fine. anime, you know, it's selling just fine with top five without an anime. I didn't yeah, know that there was a. I believe. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about it last week or whatever, but yeah, it was. It's fourth or fifth. If I, it's fifth, right behind Attack on Titan. I didn't yeah. know that there was a manga. I didn't know that the pages that they print manga on is currently in a shortage because of post pandemic just production. Issues. That's crazy. It doesn't even surprise me though, dude. I hadn't yeah, heard that. Yeah. The paper, the paper that they print manga on is a particular type of paper that yeah, is in shortage through production issues through post-pandemic life, you know. Right. Which honestly, is it's wild. just a matter of time, honestly. I'm surprised it's taking this long to Yeah. Right. And on the note of a manga that has sold incredibly well without an anime adaptation. Yep. I know um, which one you're going to talk about. Oh, for real? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> What is it, Kenny? I don't know. Vampire Night. Oh! <laughs> Welcome to the Vampire Night Podcast, Yo. where all we do is talk about Vampire Night here. Uh, Vampire Night is a perfect manga. Jerry perfect was so anime. convinced. He was it like, wait, Kenny. Perfectly, bro. Jerry was like, Kenny knows show. what I'm talking about? I was almost certain Kenny was either going to say the right answer or Vampire Night. And I just had to, <laughs> I had to gamble. I had to gamble on what was coming next. Well, welcome to the Vampire Night Podcast. Welcome to the Vampire Night Podcast. Please tag it in the comments, guys. Get in the comments. I have, we keep dropping the vamp. We need to start sneaking in a little later, Kenny. We've been dropping no, it so I early. No, I want people that... to hear the Vampire Night lately. Okay? People find yeah. it quick, dude. Yeah, I mean, what? Or ten it's minutes? It's like we post. <laughs> we posted, and someone's like, "Boom, boom, 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 boom!" Vampire Night, ten minutes. You know, like yeah, uh, I could do it because oh, I know I know exactly whenever it's going to happen. So, Kenny, can't can't. Spoil it like that. You gotta let the you gotta let the fans and the people at home. They've got to figure out where the Vampire Night drop is. Oh, but no, I was being serious. Spy Family has a not officially, still not officially, yeah. secretly kind of acknowledged for a second time now that most likely an anime is coming uh, next year. So yeah. in 2022, and the first time that this kind of came about is earlier this year, I believe. They accidentally registered like a Spy Family anime.com or something and fans found that um and now this time it was a a flautist um no wait flute flute, i don't know if it's actually flautist flautist. that's the word but i this might be his name oh i was in band in sixth grade so i know it's a i was gonna say uh it says flutist kokomi i don't know what that is that might be a publication um oh no i think that's her name i think her name is flutist such a weird name i don't know maybe Whatever. it's a handle online the headline reads flutus kokomi mentions spy family anime for 2022 and now deleted comment so oh that was kind of interesting which is weird because there's not even like how many there's like what 40 something chapters out 
It's a monthly though. So they're fifty oh. pages. More. They're forty. No, they're they're bi oh bi weekly. Well, they're bi weekly. Bi-weekly. They're two. Yeah, but they are 30, 40 pages each. Yeah, yeah. So. they're long. They're long chapters. There's easily okay. enough for first season. I read the article a little bit. It is she is a flautist? She is a flautist. See, um, I, sixth grade band had me right. She is a flout. I just didn't know if the if it was like just the title was worded very strangely. But I guess she accidentally mentioned that there was a spy family anime coming. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that most likely it's just additional proof that it'll be coming sometime next year. Makes sense. You know, they have chapters every other week, and uh, this series has been selling incredibly well. It was also in their top 10 best selling anime or manga for 2021 so far. Uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that it's it's getting an anime soon, just like uh, Chainsaw Man, but. Yep. Mm. Oh, can I, don't I do know. the next? Can I do the next piece of news? Yeah, I guess so, Kenny. Yeah, I mean, now that we uh, got through the flautist and Vampire Night. The flautist Vampire Night. Um, this year's. Kodansha Best Manga Award was awarded to my favorite sports anime no. that is currently running, maybe all time. No way. Blue Rock. Vampire? Not- Sorry. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm just, uh, you got it. Uh, no, it was Vampire. No. No, I'm just He got go. me, bro. Uh, Blue it, it's Blue Lock. It's Blue Lock. And so I'm just, I'm telling you guys, okay? Y'all have, heard it, y'all have heard it here first. Blue Lock, the anime, whenever it truly releases, is going to be amazing. Uh, it's just going to be amazing. Wow. Do you think it'll be next year? Or has it, has it already been confirmed that it's, going, that it's getting an anime adaptation? No, I don't think there's been a confirmation yet, right, Ken? No, there hasn't been. But it just when Kodansha's like number one, you know, like... Mm. Come on, bro. What like, about Sweat and Soap? That should be uh, getting an anime pretty soon, right? What's going Honestly, on? What did you just say? What was that? Uh, I, let's not talk about that. Uh, what did you say? Wait, wait, wait. What did you say? Sweat and Soap. You know, the acclaimed uh, manga by... Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, by uh, Kinetsu, Kintetsu Yamada. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. By a guy who's obsessed with uh, this woman's sweat. You know, Sweat and Soap. <laughs> um, okay. So what's interesting, I just looked at the awards, Kennedy. So Blue Lock won it this year. Guess what yep. won it last year? Chainsaw Man. No, it's it's Kodansha only, so that's that's Shueisha. Oh, uh, Spikes Family. That's was, also Shueisha. Was it Fire Force? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Think was it Kodansha, Fire Force, really? Was Kodansha. Was it Fire Force? No. Fire I actually Force? don't even know. Fire, I don't, Fire Force might be something else. Why do I no, feel that like is, not? No, that is Kodansha. It is okay. So, Kodansha is Weekly Shonen Magazine, bro. You're blowing my damn dick right now, okay? Shueisha is Weekly Shonen Jump, though. You're thinking of Weekly Shonen Mag, Weekly Shonen Magazine. Uh, I'm thinking of Weekly Shonen, Shonen Magazine. That's what I'm thinking. Diamond No Ace was uh, last year's Diamond No Ace. Now girlfriend, you're in girlfriend, the right. Bro. Was it girlfriend, family? girlfriend last year, oh, bro? Wait, was it Tokyo Revenger? No. Yeah, Tokyo Revengers. Tokyo Revengers. I was okay. like, come on, Kenny. This is right up your alley, bro. It was Tokyo Avengers. I thought you were goofing um, me with girlfriend. And girlfriend, you bro. nailed the other one, David. Year before that was To Your Eternity. So, to Your Eternity. Um, yeah. Kind of impressive that the last three have been pretty mass. Actually, year before that was Beastars. So, and, uh, you know, two of those are getting an anime right now. So I'm just saying. You wait, know, that's, uh, all, Quintuplets well, also won. Oh, yeah. Quintuplets tied with ter- To Your Eternity for some reason. I'm not sure how that happened. But all of these. B-Stars, Quintuplets, To Your Attorney, Tokyo Avengers, all of them are being adapted in anime. Blue Lock just won, so I can only imagine it's got an anime somewhere coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and not just that, but in the general category, Blue Period won yep, in 2020, that's, that's and that an already confirmed for an anime. Yeah. Yep. And then it's, you also so have. Good. I've enjoyed Blue Period, what I've read of it so far, but I'm excited yeah. for the anime because we're definitely going to talk about it here on the podcast. But yeah. um, yeah. I'm excited for that. But yeah, Kenny Blue Lock, that's an exciting news, though. I didn't realize they had done the Kodansha Awards for the year already. Um, I yeah, was Blue, Lock, out what. Blue Lock is so good. Genuinely, it's my favorite thing to read every week. Yeah. Who do you think they give those awards out, Kenny? I don't know. Mail them? Probably in a... Yeah, they probably... It must have, I mean, it must have been recent if you were just reading about it. I just can't find, like, the date of the announcements. I'm about uh, to say, I can actually... Because he announced it in the, like... A- in the in the chapter, like, a week ago. Oh, did he? That's interesting. Yeah. Among the award announces winners. This is so Whatever. interesting. Uh, welcome to our podcast where all we do is look up some things. No, no. We like to talk about stuff, but we also like to put some news out there. So everybody's like, ha, ha, ha. Did you guys... There was another oh. anime that just won an award that I'm trying to remember. Yeah, chapter um... 134, uh, mm-hmm. which was released on June 9th. Mm-hmm. He put that they won the number one in the Kodansha Awards. Wow. 45th annual. Do they get like a monetary award from that? Or is it like a trophy or? Mm, I don't I'm know. As, I'm assuming just like some kind of like trophy or plaque, like a like a recognition type thing. Okay. So on the note of awards, though, I'm sure it's, hey. a, I'm sure it's something like that, though, David. Yeah, I agree. It's award season. So there's an award that comes out every year called the Manga Taisho. And I'm not sure what time, um, what time of year like that comes out um but the way it works is an annual japanese manga award it's limited to series with eight or fewer collected volumes so it can't be like a long long running title right um the nominating committee is composed of staff members from bookstores each initially vote for five series and the titles with the top 10 number of votes become the official nominees for the year then the second round of voting determines the winner as well as the second and third place every year okay it's a pretty i to my understanding it's a kind of a prestigious award but essentially all manga can be considered for this award every year so that's pretty interesting um Mm. i was looking at sort of the nominees from this year's or 2021's winners um and this just came up because i was watching golden kamui and uh back in 2016 golden kamui won the manga taisho award so i thought it was kind of interesting so i was like oh let me look at some of the other winners and so then i landed on this year's group um so some of the manga that got nominated this year were things like spy family um kaiju number eight BL Metamorphosis, which we see a lot when we go out um, and buy manga. But most of the other stuff, I, I'm really not particularly, like, I've never heard of. There's certainly probably series that might be popular later. You know, they're all pretty new. But the one that actually won this year was a manga called Fryrin Beyond Journey's End. And it's something I had never heard of until I started looking up this award. Yep. Um, I don't know. Let me double check. Yeah, the first volume will be being published in English later this year. So uh, if you're an English reader, it looks like it's coming out in November of this year. So you could be able to pick it up later this year. There's already five volumes out in, well, there will be a fifth volume out a little bit later this year in Japan. Um, And it runs in Weekly Shonen Sunday, which is another very popular Weekly Shonen Jump magazine. It's where series, we've mentioned it many times here on the podcast, but just to catch you up, it's where series like Fly Me to the Moon, Case Closed, um, what else? Uh, Major Second. Uh, Komi can't communicate. It's where manga like those run. So it is a traditional manga running in a traditional magazine. Um, so it's really interesting that, uh, you know, which series ended up taking the crown because, it, again, it was up against series like Spy Family and Kaiju Number 8, which are 
kind of a big deal. I mean, I don't argue. I mean, the, all of us are into them. So yeah, especially Kaiju number eight. Yeah, I like Kaiju and Spy Family a lot. So it's really interesting to see. Yeah, I really, that I, I like Spy Family a lot too. I think they're both great. So it's really interesting to hear that this Fryren beat it out. I haven't read any of it yet. I don't. Can any of you read it? I'm like almost it, curious. Wait, what, what was it's it called? Fryren Beyond Journey's End. And I'm like, you know, spell that. F R I E R E N. Fryren. That. Come on, come on, Kenny. Fryren. Bullshit, bro. Y'all are acting like this is supposed come to on, be. Come on, Kenny. Fryren. Fryren, of course. It looked interesting. It's a fantasy series. So, uh, you know, it's kind of got that magic and magic and stuff kind of look to it. Got that, got that magic and stuff. You know, magic and stuff. But yeah, that's really interesting to me about the Mangatai Show. Some other winners, notable winners, in case you, anyone that's listening is curious. Blue Period won in 2020. Uh, Astro Lost in Space won in 2019. Beastars in 2018. Kamui, Golden Kamui in 2016. Um... Silver Spoon back in 2012. March comes in like a lion in 2011. I got you um, lion, baby. So a couple pretty notable winners. It's obviously a pretty, again, a pretty cool award to win for a mangaka because it's kind of decided by booksellers and people around the manga Taisho. Let's hope, let's hope, let's hope Blue Lock wins this year. If Blue so, Lock wins, if Blue Lock cleans it up, bro. Let me see if Blue Lock, um, can it even enter? Yeah. Has ever been nominated. It, I think it's past the nomination period, technically. Uh, because it's it, not too long? It has to have less than eight published volumes, and I think it has nine. I actually think it has 12. Oh, shoot. Okay. I'd only, I think I'd only seen nine out in the, out and about when I go shopping. So. I'm about to say, I yeah, think there's it, two more that, are, that have been out. Oh, shit. The Wikipedia says 14 volumes. Oh, so then maybe Ooh. Blue Lock, baby. Blue Lock. Um. But yes, that's exciting. Okay, so Blue Lock. Damn, we got on a tangent about Blue Lock and manga and shit. Um, no, that's what, that's fine. That, welcome to the manga. Well, a couple, other, a couple, manga, so. a couple other Spitfire notes people might be curious about. Horimiya is getting a special one-shot chapter about Hori and Miyamura after they graduated. So if you watch the anime with us and heard our review, you might be interested in that one-shot chapter because it'll take place after the anime. That's pretty exciting. The Demon Slayer movie is now available streaming on Funimation, so if you haven't watched it yet, go get your ass down and, and watch it. You should be excited to finally get a chance to I watch it. I haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. It's now streaming, so if you have a Funimation account, um, you should definitely check that out. Uh, what other Spitfire news is coming out? Okay, I thought this one was interesting, and I'm curious what you guys thought. I saw this going, like, not viral, but going around. We watched here on the podcast a show called Higahiro at the beginning of the season, right? Um, mm. context of Higahiro, right? Older man finds like a, a, a young girl, not young. She was like 17 or whatever, 18. She's, I think she's 18. Um, 18 on the street. You know, she's run away from home and takes her in. And there's kind of some hope, some wholesomeness occurs, yada, yada, yada. Well, uh, turns out a couple days ago, a Tokyo man was arrested after letting a schoolgirl live with him like the Higehiro anime. <laughs> I wanted to hear your boy's thoughts on this. I just well, can't with some people, dude. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something, Jerry. Yeah. People say a lot of things in anime. Today we're going to talk about an anime where Valkyries resurrect human beings to fight uh-huh. in a, a tournament uh-huh. for the uh-huh. fate of humanity. Mm-hmm. I watch animes where alien Saiyan guys who have tails turn blonde and shoot waves out of their hands. Mm-hmm. Some animes are not that ridiculous, but you don't need to repeat what happens in anime, guys. You don't need to. You don't need to try and 
try and live your life through anime, okay? Just watch the anime and enjoy it, okay? Don't take in Runaway Schoolgirls. Kenny PSA uh, right there. It just blows my mind. It just blows my mind what goes through people's heads. Like they're like, oh yeah, this it reminds me of when we were little and people used to carry around their death, death notes. Note, yes. Their fucking death notes. Oh, God. And obviously people got in trouble for it because what the fuck else are you implying when you write someone else's name in a goddamn death note? What are you thinking? Like yeah. obviously you have an implication there, like you're so dumb. Um so this just reminds me that, you know, don't imitate anime guys like if you're a grown man and you're listening to this, don't take in some schoolgirl just because, like, uh, yeah, that's just very some, that's some sussy stuff right there. You don't just don't do that. That's that, a sussy baka, dude. Yeah, it makes them sussy baka, bro. You're a sussy yeah, baka, what a, honestly. What a sussy baka. Um, yeah. Weird, More notes about weird. things we've watched here on the podcast. Uh, Wotakoi, the manga is coming to an end. Um, after seven years, I know that that got announced just that was, recently. That's pretty huge. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's It's been in serialization for about se- seven years, so it's going to come to a conclusion, which is interesting. I wonder if we'll ever get another season of the anime, and if we do, we'll definitely be watching it here because I I think all of us m- enjoyed the anime, maybe not enough to read the manga. I know I would not probably ring the, read the manga, but... I, I buy it every manga, so I'm going to get it. If they, <laughs> if David, they made bro, another season... Stop. Okay, this is wait. Pause. We gotta get to have an intervention, okay, guys? No, no Kenny, in the Kenny, I found volume twenty-seven of Claymore today, Kenny. He did. Have, he found it. I have it all. He has the full collection. I am Claymore God. He found it. He Everybody has get it. get in the comments. Tell David to stop buying manga. Whoever tells it, him boys. not to, I'll upvote your comment. God damn it! Wait. So, um. So there's some there's some Shueisha Weekly Shonen Jump news that we have to talk about. Oh, what is it, David? So if you haven't heard. The acclaimed series, Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin, has been axed by Shueisha. It is no longer in the weekly serialization. I don't even know if it got a proper ending. I'm not caught up with uh, Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin. So, as far as I know, it probably didn't even get a proper ending. So, it's just done. That's it. Yeah. It's a comedy, too. So Yeah, so that's one less comedy in Weekly Shonen Jump. But, apparently... There's some news that there will be two new series already added that are going to be added in the next... Is. In the 31st and 32nd issues of Shueisha's Weekly Shonen Jump. One is called Red Hood, and the other one is called Nehru Boogie Dogyo, which mm-hmm. is Nehru Martial I mean, Arts Traveling. So, and they both look interesting. Authors? Yeah. Uh, I think so they're both Minya, so, Yeah, so Yuki Kawaguchi is the mm-hmm. mangaka for Red Hood. I don't know if it's their first series. Uh, oh, this so this person, they published a one-shot with the same name in Weekly Shonen Jump last year. So, I guess the one-shot, you know, got them in. And then the Nehru uh, Martial Arts Traveling is uh, created by Minya Hiraga, which is... I don't see anything about this person, so I think this is also a new mangaka in Shonen Jump. So... Honestly, the the Nehru art is kind of giving me uh, Tokyo Revengers art style vibes, which is pretty cool. I I don't think they're connected in any way. It's just what I thought of when I saw that. Right. And Red Hood also seems interesting. So they both. I'm kind of getting like, uh, like the Nehru is probably going to be like a typical battle shonen, 
It looked, it, yeah, it looked like when I saw Red it. Hood might honestly be a little. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say it, it might be a little edgy. Isn't it about like red, like the the main character? It sounds like, like Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Red Riding Hood, and yeah. he like fights werewolves or some bullshit. It's the new generation hunting fantasy series takes place in a village where a young man meets a mysterious hunter. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, I'm so sure. might be a little battley. Might be a little. This 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 Red Hood character is just super busty. So I'm just getting there's got to be some etchiness in this. There's yeah. got to be etchy, bro. There's, There's got to be, be etchy. She, she busty. So, she yeah. busty. So both of these seem interesting. I'm excited she, to read them. She, she, um, yeah, but rest in peace, Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin. Yeah, That's a big L, yeah. I think that, yeah. I mean, I haven't got to read it yet, but it was one of those ones that was like, oh, I really want to read that. And for the author, this is unfortunate, I think, honestly. Um, Creator of Beulah I don't know. Club. What do you guys think? Yeah. yeah. I kind of just wish, honestly... Whenever like good series get canceled in Shonen Jump, I feel like they should just put them online. Just yeah. you know, hey, let's just keep let's just keep uh, having you go go to the you're just gonna be yeah, digital right. only. Yeah, right. Which is, uh, I mean, look at Spy X Family. Look at yeah. you know, look at tons of manga that are only online and they're doing just fine. So yeah, it's just interesting. What do you guys think? I mean, <sighs> so you know, the author of Beelzebub had one other manga that they published. Uh, back in, so Ryuhei Tamura is the name of the author. They did Beelzebub from 2009 to 2014. It was their first serialization. For any of you that don't know him, the series Beelzebub was a pretty big hit internationally. Um, even had a bit of a popularity here in the in the states. And like I said, ran for about five years, which is pretty lengthy for a comedy series in Weekly Jump, uh, Weekly Shonen Jump. So pretty impressive run there. But after that, Tamura got published in 2017 for a story called Hungry Mary, and to my knowledge, it got canned like really fast. I remember it coming out, but I don't. I never read it or like checked it oh, out. Oh, Hungry Mary was that shit one. He like I switches so. bodies with like Marie Antoinette, and then she has to eat cakes or some bullshit. Dang, that's like well, genuinely the plot of that wait, manga. Wait, I, okay, that sounds uh, like manga. Manga get mangas get ridiculous plots, but he like so like he he's like a priest in like a chapel, I think. I'm not looking this up. This is straight from my dome, but I think I remember because I think I read. It's only like ten chapters. It's thirty-two. It's thirty-two chapters. So you may have only read ten, but it's got thirty-two total. Well, it was some bullshit. Four volumes. So basically, Marie Antoinette, I think, is she's the let them eat cake bullshit, and so uh, like she gets hungry and then takes over his body, and so then he she has to eat some cakes. But she's also like strong or some bullshit, and so she like solves some problems. But it's just they're like that's it's pretty. A, I mean, I'd read it. It's like it's like a weird Ronma one half type. Yeah, style. legend says that the ghost of a girl stands on the top of an old Catholic church inhabited by the Sagamia family. Said family has a ha- hateful rivalry with the Bajogi family, who manage a Taoist temple next door. In the middle of all this, Bajogi Taiga has had a crush on Sagamia Anne, the demure daughter of the priest in childhood. Little did he know, the Sagamia are involved in very un-Catholic activities, such as trying to resurrect the spirit of Marie-Therese Charlotte, the food-obsessed daughter oh, of the late French queen Marie Antoinette. Boom, and baby! Found out, yeah, <laughs> and since he has found out, he will have to collaborate, i.e. be the human sacrifice that in. Nevertheless, just for the ritual, Tiger decides to confess his love to Anna and is struck by lightning bolt the second after. Miraculously survives without a scratch, but somehow finds himself in a body slightly more blonde and feminine. You pretty much nailed the plot, Kenny. Sounds like Marie he gets struck by lightning and switches bodies with 
the great granddaughter of Marie Antoinette. Listen, this this just cake. puts some this puts some salt, okay? I'm saying that whenever I do these unraveled, this is for real. What them fucking bullshit ass mangas are uh-huh. out here telling me? Like he's whatever he's trained for this day. He's whenever he's Aladdin, Aladdin's dad created a, a an entire planet through some bullshit ass power that. It's for real. Is that magic? Well, okay, Is so that that's Maggie. Oh, no. that's yeah. Magi. So, Hungry Mary got canceled. Huh? What's the new manga that he's doing? Oh, um, Orient. 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 Oh, yeah, Orient. I gotta read that one. Orient. So, Hungry Mary got canceled. Sucks. But then three years later, Hardboiled Cobb and Alphen, it was running. It was doing well. It honestly, I thought was doing pretty okay, but rumor has it, uh, volume sales were really, really low for the series. And... It just sucks because it was doing pretty well in the magazine, so that means it was ranking high enough to keep itself in the magazine, but was not doing well enough to sustain outside of that. So here we are, over a year, or almost a year later since it debuted, which in my mind means that for the most part, usually manga is safe. If it makes it past the 30 chapter mark, usually that means it's mostly safe. It's, it's, I don't know. In my mind, it's like if it makes it past 30 chapters, Jump will usually let it find some sort of natural conclusion. It might get a little bit of a push, towards a conclusion, but it's harder to just have something just axed, you know? So I'm surprised they just axed Hardboiled Cobb and Dolphin without, you know, without pretty much any knowledge. It was just like, boop, and gone. So they, they so, take into account manga sales in addition to their ranking in Weekly Shonen? It's I think kinda... that that has become a lot more prevalent in the last few years because of the low sales of the magazine itself. So to decide if a manga should keep running or if it's boosting the sales of the magazine, they have to look at how much it's selling outside of that. And so I think that's how they're trying to gauge some of that. But again, it's it's hard. Uh, but the manga, because only, he's only 41, Ryuhei Tamura, it's very possibly he, he could come up back with a third series or fourth series, a f- fourth serialization. But it's really tough to have two serializations after something very popular get axed. You know, it, yeah. it's one thing to say, like, you wrote a complete story. But to have two series canceled back to back essentially is probably pretty tough on him to think like you know you know I I'm it's just tough to bounce back from in my mind yeah. but yeah that's unfortunate so I I feel for him I'll be I hope he comes back I think he's funny as fuck IMO like I love Beelzebub I haven't read Hungry Mary or Boy Cobb and Dolphin but Our, Beelzebub Cobb and Dolphin one of the more funny. Our boy coming you guys, you guys always guessed so it up, so bro, yeah. So There's so funny. many moments where I'm like laughing my ass off. Bro, me. one of the characters is a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, and that's funny. Is honestly that content, like that alone, is already just like just too funny to think about. But all right, boys, that's uh, that's mostly that a lot of news. news we got. Was a lot of, uh, of news. We did have a pretty good coverage, and it's mainly because you know we haven't. Talked about news in what two weeks or something, two or three weeks. So yeah, there's been a lot of stuff. I don't know if we even mentioned on the podcast. Did we mention Giga Akatami taking a break? I think we might no, have. I don't think we have but... actually. No. That was... If we didn't, no, yeah. I think that we talked about it in the filler episode. Uh, if we did, or if we didn't, uh, if you're just tuning into this one, it's another big important thing is that one of the young mangaka, he's only 29 years old, Giga Akatami, the author of Jujutsu Kaisen, taking an extended hiatus for the time being. Uh, he said about a month or so, but. I think mm-hmm. it could be longer or short. It's it's up to him. Uh, but very interesting to be taking a hiatus this young and uh, in the middle of, you know, one of the most popular series in the world right now. You know, I yeah. would say right behind Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen is internationally the biggest and most famed series. Uh, one thing I thought about was, and I don't know about you guys, but I wonder if, like, the propulsion of the series, like, wore him out, you know? I was trying mm-hmm. to think about I was like, you know, Akatami's only two years older than me. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, he started wa- writing Jujutsu Kaisen 
when he was like a little bit younger than me. And it just makes me think about if I had started writing something and got it published and that was my day-to-day job, and then all of a sudden I went from being, you know, normal Akatami, writing my, doing my thing, you know, making my money, to all of a sudden probably being a multimillionaire overnight. You know what I mean? Like, he went from selling a couple hundred thousand volumes every time it came out to 36 million volumes in 2021 or whatever. You know, like, drastic amount of money difference suddenly. And I'm sure that the stress of, like, continuing your story, knowing that it went from, you know, maybe you had hundreds of thousands of readers to all of a sudden having millions of people worldwide wanting to be engaged in your story. I'm sure that there's some sort of mental toll that's got to take on you. I I don't know. It's a lot at once. I mean, I'm sure, like, I mean, I know if that happened to me, I would freak out. Like, Yeah, and I mean, if... They're not handle that fame. For... For those of us that are caught up on the manga, the last, like, they released a six-page chapter, and then they, they released a, um, I want to say 14-page chapter, but half of it was still sketches, yeah, you know? Wow. And I remember whenever whenever Tagashi first started taking hiatuses, those last oh handful of chapters were very, yeah. were very, very sketchy. Like, 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 they weren't done. I mean, let's be honest. It's like they weren't done. Um... And so, like, I I hope I, that Shonen Jump knows how to deal with, you know, artists that need time. Because, you know, if it is something physical, like with like with Tagashi, how it's his back, like he genuinely cannot draw for extended periods, you know? Right. So, um, I, hope, I hope that Shonen Jump is good at managing that sort of hiatus and making sure that the people that are creating their art are, you know, well looked after. And yeah, yeah. You know, there's really oh, oh, can you go? I mean, we're just we're expecting a chapter every. We're expecting 18 pages every week, mm-hmm. and that's that's mm-hmm. insane. You know, yeah. Even, even I'm really happy that everything. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm really happy that Oda has gotten into the zone of like he only does three chapters a month instead of four, yep. and yep. that's just kind of his thing. You know, he just always gets a week off every month. Um, and I honestly, I think that that's come on as like a. I've heard that Oda wants to continue doing four a month, but the editors have essentially decided, hey, man, you're getting old. You don't take care of yourself. You pretty much haven't taken a break ever. Um, you've got to start taking monthly breaks, you know? So they've kind of forced it on him to just help him with his wellness. So I think that that proves that at least a little bit that Shueisha and Weekly Shonen Jump has started to take notice of the health of their creators and uh, how how that's impacting them because – you know, can't be the first time that uh, yeah, that this has come about. I'm sure in the in the years of this industry, we've people know that the, it it's taxing to produce 20 pages of story every single week without fail. You know, yeah. And, and I, I can't even imagine what that must do to someone. But and that's why like, IDK. You know, I you know I love weekly manga. Weekly manga are awesome. I love being able to read a new chapter every week. Monthly manga are just as good, you know? Reading the new ch- chapter of Inland Saga, reading the new chapter of Platinum End, um, manga like that are, you know, I enjoy them, so. Right. Yeah, a standard release schedule like this is very, it's very interesting. It's just very interesting when I really, like, there's not really a lot to compare it to around the world that I can well, think of. Well, I mean, of. comic books, comic books yeah. come out every week. But those yeah. are so, those are so, like, withdrawn from publication, like, the the story is already planned out and written so far in advance. Like we, right. it's like, really re, 
plotted pretty far in advance for most you, comic books. You order comic books issues a month and a half prior to yeah. release. So right, yeah. American comic industry is nothing like Japan's, yeah. where it's literally like they're making. But I, as far as I understand, most mangaka are a couple of chapters ahead as well. Yeah. To my understanding, they actually are you know two, three, four chapters ahead long before um long yeah. before where they are now hey david you got a little cat on you there dude yeah he's just climbing he's just climbing on me oh, oh yeah he's just, he's just climbing he's just climbing, he's just climbing. Just being a little kitty. that's awesome um but yeah so akatami taking a break probably for the better but uh hopefully you know it's i mean we're all i'm just excited for more jjk anime the the movie, the movie. got a date announcement Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is coming out in 2021. It'll be out before the end of the year. Yeah. That's incredibly hype, honestly, yeah. because I just would have never expected that. Because on top of that, shows like Uzumaki, which were supposed to come out this year, just got delayed to 2022, which yeah. is unfortunate. But they did drop a new teaser trailer that looks wonderful. If you're a fan of Junji Ito's work, you guys should go check that out because it was a gorgeous new teaser trailer. All black and white. Uh, really I, cool. I love the style that they're really going cool. with. Yeah, I'm super impressed by it. Sheesh. Okay, we have done a lot. Uh, whoo, a, lot, a, lot, a lot, lot of news, a lot of catching up. Um, so as we start to round out the end, you know, we're doing our weeklies, doing our thing. Um, still have a couple weeks left of, of some of the major shows that we're watching. One or two weeks left of some of these. Right. Uh, what are these season we just passed, guys? Spring? spring yeah, season. of the yeah. spring shows. Spring? Um, and we're about to start moving into the summer shows over the next couple weeks. Uh, you know, summer shows don't really start till early July give or take. So we still got some time before that starts to come up. As that's happening, Netflix decides to drop on us this beautiful bomb, right? Something that we had all been waiting for. We talked about it. The record of Ragnarok anime decided to drop this past weekend. Mm. And this is something Kenny had been hyping us up for because he'd read the manga. He was like, yep. Jerry, you know, this is going to be really cool. This And the trailer genuinely looked cool. We were like, oh, the trailer looks really cool. This looks like it's going to be really exciting. You know, I'm really excited for it. So me and the boys, all of us, the Ensign Man, but we watched Record of Ragnarok. So insert here, if you haven't watched Record of Ragnarok here, uh, spoilers ahead. We're going to give you a wonderful review of the 12-episode first season of the Record of Ragnarok anime. So, Kenny, yeah. take it away. Well, what is Record first, of Ragnarok about? So first, let me – I, I want to do a PSA, okay? I'm speaking directly to you, Netflix, okay? Take my homie – Beast stars out of jail. Take Shaman King out of jail. They have dates. And, and you gotta stop fucking making anime like this where you just do not treat them the way that they should be treated. You're wait, Netflix. Hey, there's a... what, we do have some dates. Uh that now that you mentioned that, all of those shows now have release dates, by the way. I don't care. So Okay. No, they they've been out. 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 They have been okay. out for a while. Okay, let me just quickly give the date. Since we're Netflix. since we're on the topic of July news and you're bringing up the jail. B Stars season two. Okay, July fifteenth, the entirety of B Stars season two. What about uh Shaman King and Eden Zero? They both have dates too, I'm pretty sure. Um uh, Shaman King is it's loading, it's loading. August 9th. Ah! Damn it. Shaman King's August 9th. And it's just the first part i think and then uh eden zero is august 26th, august 26th. so these stars in july shaman king and Eden zero in august so that's exciting for people who are waiting for things to get out of netflix jail but kenny's netflix, right netflix is netflix you are a company 
in a production company that does not the bounds of what an anime or a TV show has to be are not defined. This is a show that easily could have been translated into three uh, hour and a half to two hour long full length movies with minor cuts like characters like fucking Forsetti who I should never hear from ever yet we always have to cut to him where you could have made this crazy, bombastic, unbelievable tournament arc, and yet you gave me... I don't even remember that. He's the the dude that was, like, in the building whenever Thor was like, guess I'll go kill these giants, and you cut to him every time. We quit deep-throating your mic, dude. Okay, bro. I'm oh, saying yeah. Netflix, you could have you could have taken art- you could have taken some artistic liberties with this. I have manga. to look up who Forsetti is. Yeah, oh, to- Forsetti. Okay, I remember. I remember. You I could remember. they could have taken some artistic liberties with this manga. He was a big fan make- of Thor, right? Yeah, yeah but yeah. totally totally meaningless. I never needed to hear from him. Period. He didn't need to exist. Forsetti, kitty. Uh, no, he, he didn't need to exist. Um, <laughs> all right, so Record of Ragnarok, for those of you who haven't watched it. No, is okay. Paid. Record, Record can of Ragnarok. Can you tell us? What, Record of Ragnarok uh, is about uh, the gods of Olympus are deciding to get rid of humanity, but the Valkyries, who are half human, half god, step in and declare Ragnarok, which is a 1v1, 13v13, humans versus gods tournament. First to seven wins, either humanity gets to continue to exist for another thousand years, or humanity is defeated and no longer exists. Um, and that's, that's it. it. I mean, that's that's, that's the whole that's, that's the whole plot. That's the whole plot of the show. And yet, that's what it is. And yet, somehow, we kept hearing from so many fucking people. Just talk- okay, but it's not. The- what? What? It oh, was man. all in the manga. Like, so? all of Forsetti and all so? that stuff was all <laughs> okay, in the manga. In, in a manga, there are panels and sizes, right? This, this is what I, this is what I, okay. I don't, for an anime, Forsetti has to take the whole screen. He's the only guy. In a manga, he can be a small panel next to a larger panel, right? Mm-hmm. Forsetti has to be number one center of attention to be included in this anime, right? Yeah, he does. So, because generally that's how, I mean, that's how anime works. They take even the smallest of panels and that's going to fill the full screen for whatever extended period if they're going to put that on the screen or however they choose to adapt or direct that scene. And so that's why I think that a certain amount of liberty, because this in particular is an anime about, or it's a manga about battles. The story is as straightforward as, you know, like three sentences, you know? I would say the story is pretty much. It's not really yeah. a plot. It's I mean, just it's just battles. goofy. Yeah, yeah. It's just goofy. Yeah. There is. And... Yeah. The whole point is for it to be a lot of battles, a lot of fun, and, and it learn, just felt learn like... a little bit. Learn, learn a little bit, a little history. Like Lubu, that's a real person. Yeah. I just don't know if any. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, but like, there were some liberties taken. What the fuck was the Adam backstory like? Oh, I love Adam. That was all. Adam, I know, but like, Adam was the best one. I mean, they took the story from, like, the Bible, the idea of the snake and Adam and Eve and the apple. Like, they took that, you know, ejected from Eden. But they really, like, the whole, like, trial, see him coming and munching on the apples. I was like, God damn it, dude. 
He was laying his, waste. His, his weapon was gloves, bro. Come on. The snake was a goddamn tentacle monster on Eve, dude. I was like, God damn it. This is the most anime ass, <laughs> anime ass Jesus shit I've ever seen. Um, I was like, this is some weird shit. Not just that, but this show got banned in India because Shiva is a fist fighter. That's literally the only reason. Oh, they yeah. took it off in India because Shiva's a, a, a brawler. Um, and I was like, that's the silliest reason yeah. to make him. Also, they uh, they edited some of the gore out. I think that one of the one of the things that made the the manga a little weird is that it was a little gory and a little dirty. Mm. Um, like you, genu- there's a there's a panel where Thor's hammer crushes Lubu's head, and it's like fucking gross and gory, and that like is just his head just is off his body. Yeah, you're talking about the final hit on Lubu. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, Thor, like, kind of like cut wild. it to like straight yeah. to him just being he- uh, headless. Yeah, yeah. So let's try to break this show down because. There are some things in my mind that worked about this anime and some things that just, like, dramatically did not work. Like, disgustingly right. didn't work. Like, that's what made this such a weird, like... I was telling someone else, I was like, it felt like fucking Whiplash watching this show because it was yeah. like, you were just being tossed and turned around trying to, you know, get through 12 episodes of this anime and see where it landed. Um, so let's try to break it down. Let's talk about, first... One of the most integral parts of any anime, art and animation. We've got to chat about art and animation right. for this show. Yeah. And I'm I'm saying them separately because I want our, our viewers to realize that this show is one of the first examples where one of those was actually pretty good and the other one was dog shit. And yeah. that's like the weirdest it was like very weird for me because generally, let's talk about something like Seven Deadly Sins, right? Mm. If the animation suffers the actual art suffer- suffers as well. You see lots of really, really terrible frames where the characters look very off-model. Um, mm-hmm. It seems very rushed, very, very um, poorly put together. Record of Ragnarok didn't have that issue most of the time. It it, it seems like... Fine. Yeah. yeah. Go, Kenny. It just seemed like some the in, in production, all the keyframes were made great, right? Right. And then they were like, shit, we ran out of time. Maybe, let's just not animate that one. Let's just not animate that one. Let's just not animate Legit. that one. Legit. Yeah. Let's just not Dang. animate that one. I kept saying that, dude. It was like, it was like, it was like the storyboard. It was like someone drew the keyframes for the storyboard, yep. and they just didn't have the time or the money to, like, add in the rest of the animation. And, like, and somebody it, make, make their mouths move. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> add mouth flaps really quick so that we can at least get the lines out. And even then, sometimes the mouth flaps didn't even make it in, bro. Yeah. Like, I remember a very specific scene where Brunhilde or whatever, is her name Brun, Brunhilde? Yeah. Something like that. The main Valkyrie. Brunhilde, yeah. yeah. Um, she just didn't, her mouth just didn't move. She was, like, speaking to the little girl, and there was just no mouth movement. And oh. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, And then I also remember, and Heimdall, I think was the name of the announcer. He was yes. Heimdall, supposed to be Heimdall. Yeah. Um, he His mouth sometimes moved and sometimes did not. I They just made executive yeah. decisions where it was like, Sometimes he has a mouth, and sometimes he actually just doesn't have a mouth. You so, like, couldn't tell if he was, I was like, like thinking okay. or uh, speaking. There was actually one scene that like pissed me off. It obviously seemed like they needed extra seconds in the episode, uh-huh. where Heimdall is like sitting down and Bro, like can't get up. I would laugh my ass <laughs> off, dude. He like made noises. Too, yes. Like, <laughs> It was, like, was and it was it was like 10 15 seconds like uh-huh. and they decided they were going to animate that right that got of, four um, 
four or five <laughs> frames of animation instead of something else, right? <laughs> There's just like a lot of inconsistencies. Just so many inconsistencies. It, it was just yeah. so wild. Yeah. There were there were some gr- scenes that I thought looked genuinely really great. Uh, I yeah. remember especially in the back half, Poseidon and Kodro had a couple shots where Kodro would you know, dance with the blade or, or that actually like genuinely the animation looked good. Um, but yeah, it's, it was like whiplash. It was like, you'd have a scene like that. The immediate next scene would be a still frame frame panning across someone's face for, for a whole minute, you know? And then it would be like, uh, and then you get like whatever happened. It, oh, am I losing you guys? No, uh, boys. I, mean, I don't think so. No, you're good. No, you're sorry. Right but you're good. Now. I, I stuttered out of, I stuttered out on my side for a second, sorry. But you guys know, yeah, like this the still frame thing. And obviously the most horrendous piece of animation, the one that's gonna get the most flack. If you haven't watched if you're listening to us and you haven't gone and watched this scene yet and or watched the show, it was trending on Twitter. It was the conclusion, not like some random middle part. It was the conclusion, the divisive conclusion of the Zeus versus Adam fight. And it was just literally a PowerPoint slideshow as, like, the image is, like... Like, PowerPoint transition. Literally so wild. They did the whole everything, but... Yeah, which was so crazy because it's the same, like, what we were talking about before, before, where, like, the animation in the fight before that part was good. It was some good animation. Yeah. Like... There were some really slick moments. Yeah. The the second the climax comes is just PowerPoint, yeah. Right, the moment whenever yeah, you so feel like, and it's because you know it, it feels like they were like, okay, just put color in the manga, throw it onto the screen, yeah. make it full size, and, and yeah, obviously in a I manga you're that, not too. gonna have an you're not gonna have an animated boxing match, right? That's just not. So guess what? You're an anime. You need to make an animated boxing match. Fuck, just copy yeah, literally and, any boxing anime. The yeah. weird part was that seconds before. Zeus and Adam did have a punch-to-punch match that was yeah. happening. I, honestly, I almost wish they had just reused that clip instead of fucking the PowerPoint they put. You know, like, they already had animated a clip of Zeus and Adam punching at each other. Like, that looked pretty clean. And it was like seconds later you would get this, you know, this weird shit. Absolute whiplash. Like, the show just was like, every episode was like that, where it was like, you know, you get two or three minutes of pretty impressive framework, some nice little frames, and then two or three minutes of slow pans and single shots. And then it'd be like yeah. two or three minutes of some nice little stuff, some cool footwork, some nice blade work by Kodro, or like some nice punches by Adam. And then it was like, okay, great, here's another slow pan across an audience that's not animated. Um, mm-hmm. It was just like a single image. And it, it's, Kenny, you said it best because I was like looking through the manga. This show just had absolutely no. It was <laughs> there was no liberty taken. They just no. took the image and they said, "Fucking color it, make it look good, and then we'll figure the animation out later." That's what it felt like. They were like, "We'll just figure it out later. Just make the panel look really dope." And right. uh, for a lot of moments, they just forgot to finish the animation. Right. Like that's it, what it felt like. It almost it it genuinely feels like it wasn't even storyboarded. Like nobody sat down and thought. How am I going to translate this from manga to anime? Yeah. And instead was just like, isn't it easy to make anime? You just like color the manga, right? Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. So it, but because that it did turn out really weird. What's really weird here is that I didn't notice any drastic moments of like really bad artwork. 
Yeah. That was something that for me, like for the most part, the artwork, the solid, you know, if someone just took images from record of Ragnarok, the anime, um, you'd probably find some pretty, really cool single shots from the show. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it boils down to the fact that the artwork, there was definitely some attention paid to the detail of it, but this is a, just a weird example of like where the show just wasn't again, just felt like it wasn't done. It just felt like it wasn't done. Animation wise. Yeah. It, it felt like, it felt like we saw the like the draft. first, like, not, it, not the rough draft, but like the first draft. Like we're like, this mm -hmm. is what we're going to, this is what we're going to sell, but it still needs to be cleaned up, you know? It, right. it felt like it felt like we needed right. maybe a second draft and then a final draft. You know, like you know, we were just about there, but you know, we weren't quite. Yeah, the that makes sense. I think the one person that kind of screwed the pooch with all of this is uh, the person that directed Record of Ragnarok. Oh, you gonna call him out by name, David? I'm call him out by name, just so everyone's what aware. What else have they directed? What else have they directed? Poor fool. Uh, so they also directed. Um, we were actually looking at this earlier today. They they were like an we episode were. director of some episodes of. Um, Full Metal Alchemist, really? um, some like uh, I could name like they've done other like pretty well known of... anime, but like yeah, they've like, done lots of single episodes, episodes. right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, they've done single episodes throughout their career, but this was their first series like, that they were series. handed. Like, um, yeah, they were handed like this series again. David might be able to find the guy's name, but this seems to be his first time doing like a full series. He's definitely a key animator, and that comes across in the fact that a lot of the key animations which is That's the right. the keyframes, they looked awesome. And it makes me wonder, you know, as the director, he made sure all the keyframes looked good, but he was, you know, he doesn't seem to have a lot of background work in the in-between frames, which I can't remember mm -hmm. the word. There's, like, a word for that, too. Um, which a lot of, like, first-timer animators really work on the in-between frames, while a lot of, like, long-time animators work on keyframes. Um, so it's a very interesting uh, composition here. But, yes, the director really probably de deserves the most heat for what happened here because, because for those that don't know huh Kenny yeah because this is this is a this is a directorial yeah, yeah th th this this was a directorial issue like straight yeah. up, it was for His those that don't Masao know how Okubo, anime, by the way Masao Okubo so the for those that don't know how kind of an animated production cycle in brief generally there's a team of multiple animators that are given specific components from this scene you know they're, they're like hey we're working on episode 2 in episode two, you're going to be animating three minutes of animation. Here are all of your sides for what you're going to be animating. And what happens is they go and they do the individual work on the animations. It can take a long time to do just a couple minutes, right? It can take a full week, two weeks, whatever, to just do a couple minutes of animation. They get right. that those sides of animation back to the animation director. It's the director's job to correct, adjust, help uh, understand, maybe get another animator to add keyframes, yada, yada. The director's job is then to help set the tone of that so that when it combines with all the other pieces of animation, it looks like one cohesive episode. That's what the director does, is they help to put all of that together. So what's what's occurring here in Ragnarok, while we're seeing these cuts from clean animation to, to sliding pans, is what's happening is the director didn't do his due diligence, most likely, to ensure that there was a cohesive thing happening here, but also that each piece and component, each animator they were working with, got everything done. Um, something you'll hear a lot about on... Uh, online is that a lot of animators are even recruited via Twitter. Literally, animation studios will email animators on Twitter or message them on Twitter and be like, yo, you know, we'll pay you X amount of money to do, you know, some odd amount of time for an episode. So it really makes me wonder what the team of animators looked like and what the director really, you know, there, there may have been disconnect there. It's also possible Grafinica, the studio, 
was not paying the director very much money, so maybe that was the case. And maybe they were on a really strict timeline, and they just couldn't get it done. And that's something I thought yeah. about as well, is like, maybe Netflix was like, nope, if it's not in by this deadline, too bad. And so uh, they just did what they could and turned it in as you know when they could. And that's right. another thing that comes down to production company, that comes down to, uh, you know, like I said, Netflix could have even actually, because this is a Netflix original net animation, so yep. Netflix was actually involved in the production of this show, uh, as opposed to something like Shaman King or Beastars. Netflix has nothing to do with Shaman King or Beastars' production. They are just buying the license to stream those shows, right? So yep. that's an important, that's like an important difference to make here. Great, right. great Pretender, um, uh, High Rise Invasion, and now Castlevania. I mean, uh, Castlevania, mm -hmm. and now this show, um, Record of Ragnarok, all are produced. Netflix actually puts money into the creation of these television shows, as yeah. opposed to something like Beastars or Shaman King, which was actually produced for a television station to be aired on TV in Japan, and Netflix bought the exclusive streaming rights to that show in the United States. So they're just purchasing the show and putting it out there in the U.S. Yeah. as opposed, And they're most likely doing the subtitling and some of the behind-the-scenes production work on that. Yeah. But Actually, uh, not, uh, um, Devil May Crybaby is also a... It's a original right. Netflix. There's a couple... Netflix they hired is a pretty, an awesome director, so... They have quite a few uh, O&As under their belt in the last three or four years. So they've actually produced quite yeah. a few. And There's, a couple uh... of them have been good. Couple of them have been really bad, um, and I, I think a couple. I think one of them was, uh, I think it was about like the Seven Deadly Sins. Maybe mm. I think at the end the main character turned into a dragon. Dragons, dragons, dog, dog shit, dog shit. Dog shit. <laughs> we've reviewed a lot of Netflix anime here on the on the podcast. We have, yeah. We, yeah, we've done Dragons Dogma, we've done Great Pretender, we've done High Rise Invasion. Um, you know, uh, we've done Beastars. We haven't really talked about Castlevania. I know that I've watched all of it, but, yeah, but yeah. you know, there's lots of great stuff that Netflix is trying to produce. Things like Ajin that I've seen already as well. Um, you know, there's lots of great stuff that they're attempting to produce, but it seems like these are always coming up a little short, and it always seems to boil down to a budgetary or time related issue. And it seems like Record of Ragnarok's art and animation took that. Uh, blunt force. So like we said, yeah. this was a big direction issue when it comes to art animation. The director, but, something was offbeat. I do think that this, you know, this manga in particular, I think that did it did not need to be a standard 24-minute anime episode. I think that mm -hmm. it would have lended itself better to, hour, like I said, hour and a half to hour 45 long you know, parts Adapt it, it, like the whole fight as an episode. Adapt the entire the entire yeah. fight. Or versus, you know, that would actually be a really cool way to stream it too. If there was like, yeah. you know, like you could click it and it'd be like Thor versus uh, I can't even think of who that was who we fought. Lubu, Lubu, Thor versus Lubu, and then it's like the next down is like Adam versus Zeus, and then it's like Kojiro yeah. versus Poseidon. That'd be really cool because they could produce it, fight it at one fight yeah. at a time, yeah. and, and actually produce it and put it out. One of the things I love about okay. I, there are some things I love about Record of Ragnarok. One of the things I love is the WWE style entrances that yes. every character makes, bro. It's the best part. It, it's I ridiculous, think that's funny. bro. I actually had someone already tell me that that was like one of the biggest turns off for them. Like, really? That it was too. It was too ridiculous for them. Like that's that part the whole was like, point. No, I don't want that. And I think it's funny because what works about this manga is, or not the manga. When I was flipping the manga anyway. for me. Yep. What works is the absurdity of it. They had yeah. to raise the bar of being absurd in the same way like a comedy shonen would in some ways, right? Like, 
it has to be so absurd because this is like an over-the-top, aggressive, bloody battle shonen that's literally about a massive tournament between gods and man. Like, yeah. it, it it is a ridiculous concept. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that the best... I think you just nailed it earlier, Kenny. Like, just no liberty was taken. This is yeah. this is just it was a panel-for-panel, panel-for-panel recreation of the manga with zero, zero liberty taken. Yeah. And... Unfortunately, because of the some of the directorial decisions, we just it it it. Well, I want to talk about this now, but it hurt the pacing of the story, and that's what made it a little bit of a drag at first for me. Um, yeah. As an audience, and it's not that it's not that like the story's there a hundred percent. You're not missing if you re- watch Record of Ragnarok the first season. You can literally like start at chapter twenty, and you will have not missed a single like line. They got every single like text line, every single panel, like almost nothing was removed mm-hmm. from Record of Ragnarok the anime. But because of that, there was just a couple moments where you got a long haul shot on a thir- you know thirty seconds too long, you know a little bit of a linger here, a linger there, uh, a crowd shot that lasted for a minute longer than it should have, you know a lot of the stuff that slowed the show's pacing down. That when you're reading the manga, you could just click, 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 or you can you know flip, 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 flip. It's one of those page turner type stories where it's yeah. like you're you're wanting to read it quickly because the story's happening so fast. And I noted that when I kind of was flipping through the manga myself, I blazed through like three or four chapters in five, ten minutes or something. It was like super fast. Yeah. Even though the chapters are like sixty minutes long, you're chapters, just like, yeah. wow. Chapter um, seven is the end of is the end of Lubu. So yeah. It, I think I checked it, it. This series adapted about twenty chapters, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and it's just mm. it's so uh, for a show that I know that in my head, like mm-hmm. a certain amount of liberty needed to be taken, right? Like there, there is a a better way, especially for an anime, to you know tell this story mm-hmm. because it can genuinely be exciting fights, you know. And mm-hmm. it sucks because we start with Thor and Lubu, and they only do, like, genuinely, they only do, like, three attacks between the two mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. And so that's hard, but so much of the effort and the, uh, I don't know, like, the, that go into those attacks could have been mm-hmm. animated to the T. And I think that with Adam, that is the time where you have the chance to just animate a great fight. Like, mm-hmm. you you were able to animate this amazing battle between Adam and Zeus, and they just didn't do it. Yeah, instead they literally just colored the panels in and yeah. added a little bit of key animation yeah. on top of it and, it, and uh, framed it up exactly how the manga did. And it felt which... like they needed they needed to deliver a certain amount of time per episode, if that makes sense. Like I think it, that unfortunately, oh, finish your thought. It, it, just, it just felt like they, they intentionally put in filler seconds and minutes to yeah. hit a quota yeah. and that's that's it, it feels bad whenever you notice that whenever you're watching an anime well yeah it felt like about a two chapter episode pace and they were just pretty much like hey we're only going to do two chapters an episode and whatever we need to do to fill two chapters in 24 minutes boom that's what we're going to do that's what it felt like and you see that a lot when you're watching like a weekly shonen jump anime like one piece where they're like okay hey we have one chapter of content how do we make this last 24 minutes or 18 minutes or whatever the runtime is normally yeah. um and they, you often see that where there'll be a long drag or like a slightly longer, you know, they can spend 20, 30 seconds showing some reaction panels, things like that, where it's like in a faster pace anime like My Hero, 
you're still hitting all the content, but they're able to say, okay, we can do two or four chapters this episode. Let's just go ahead and adapt it and see where we cut, you know? Um, and then they're able to have some more liberty there. But this series definitely felt like they said, okay, we're going to do about two chapters an episode. We're going to make it work, and we're just going to squeeze it in there, and we're just going to uh, take the panels and just, boop, pop them up there. But one thing I noted when I was running through the manga is that the anime really highlights... <laughs> the anime could have made this one of the great... Like, remember when we watched God of High School? Yeah. Mm-hmm. God of High School story fucking sucks. And the only thing about... Well, at least the part they adapted in the anime. It was stupid. Yeah. But Monkey Mappa... Guy. But Mappa made some fucking cool fight scenes that at least for a couple minutes, I was like, oh shit, they're throwing hands, you know? Yeah. And that's exactly what this show could have been. Sort of that same spectacle where, like, the, the record of Ragnarok's storyline is not good. I, I mean, like, I was I was like, this is not good. It's, this is goofy. It's not yeah, really a storyline. It's just fights. Yeah. It's just like... It's yeah. hardly even a story. I mean, and that's the, that's, the, that's the fun of it. It's you literally know? like... Yeah. It's like fun has, takes on history mixed with, like, a big fight scene. And that's literally what each each moment yeah. is. And that's kind of the cool part. So to me, it's like this anime really didn't need to just adapt the manga. Like, it, it should have kept to the story. I mean, that's fine. But it just had so much more opportunity where what MAPPA did with God of High School, throw some hands. Make it fun to watch for two or three minutes while they throw hands. And then you can do the stupid stuff. You know, make sure all the content's there. Because what we learned about God of High School also is that if you just blaze through the story, it just becomes incomprehensible. Yeah. Um, so at least they could have – it needed to be a happy medium, and it sucks because, like, this to me highlights the weakness of the manga. You know, like, when you're reading the manga version of Record of Ragnarok, it's just – you're not reading it because you're stoked and you're – you just want to see how buff and how nasty looking and how – you know, when I was flipping through it, I was like, this is just about how fucking ridiculously over-the-top each super move is about to be. Yeah, like, yeah. like okay, how hard – Thor, are you really swinging? Oh, you motherfucker! Click, click. You know it says. Oh, he really laying back on it, baby. You know? <laughs> it says. It says finishing move right there, and then in at the it end, it, you know, it, it, at the end, it says Thor one with the you know Garrod Thor's hammer. So like, I, it it certainly highlights the weakness of the plot by making this anime just like a, a digital PowerPoint. You know, like it certainly makes you go, ah, damn. Like <laughs> this is what. This is what we were excited about. Like, yeah. So, I'm so sure. uh, let me let me ask you something, guys. This is something that has been eaten away at me. If Lubu's halberd broke the young Gripnir that were Thor's gloves, mm-hmm. that would mean that Lubu's halberd is more powerful than Thor's power. Is that not? Was that not? So- yeah, but all of their weapons are like imbued by Valkyries. So yeah, they're basically like, god um, weapons. Yeah, I'm they've just... they've like re you know, so maybe Lubu's OG Halberd wouldn't have been able to do that, but well, because yeah, it was obviously. imbued by the Valkyrie, yeah. um, it was able to like Sky Eater though. But I would say yes, Kenny, I would say that that does prove that Lubu Valkyrie Halberd is stronger than. Yes, I'd say that, that is what that proves. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just like so everybody's would, like, I'll, I'll everybody's like, oh, Thor's uh, the younger near wasn't protecting Mjol, you know, Thor from Mjolnir. It was protecting Mjolnir from Thor. Oh my! And you're God. like, but I was like, but Lubu just busted that glove, and Thor couldn't shit, do that. So, shit! Shit! Like, okay, so we've we've covered art, we've covered animation, we've covered directing, we've covered pacing. You know, some of the key things that we wanted to chat about. 
So let's talk about some of the positives, some of the things that I think this anime really did well. Yep. Um, and one that I've got to note is the sound. Okay, the opening ending sucked, but yeah. the soundtrack for the show, the actual right. sound, That's pretty uh, really impressively uh, orchestrated. So I'm not sure who put that together, what who's behind the orchestration for the show, but it, it was really, I, I was really uh, loving it. The the sound some, uh, the me too. sound work. Had so some, had some cameos from Bach and Beethoven. Shit, they really had did. Some, uh, Hermes um, playing that violin. Threw a little bit of that in. So I thought the sound work was really impressive. And for me, this is, I don't know if you guys did this too, but I really didn't want to focus on the show. So I watched it dubbed. So I watched it in English. I assume you guys both watched it in Japanese. Correct. Here. Do we, have an, do we have an original? No, I literally, I just was like, I'm not going to sit here and read the screen for this okay. one. Also. Because I knew how bad it was about to be, or like I knew how much of a stall it was going to be, so I wanted to be able to watch it in the background while I was doing stuff. Was the dub good? Did you like the dub? Like Netflix... Honestly? Wait, Kenny, what? Netflix fucks up, bro. Some of the character names, like whenever the, the cue cards would pop up that were all in Japanese, mm-hmm. if you were watching in Japanese, sometimes the words wouldn't appear, and so I would have to switch into English for me to know who the character was. Oh, shit. Because the words would appear whenever they would be speaking English. Because yeah, it was always... Word. But it whenever, only showed it in the dub. Whenever the subtitles needed to be on, it wouldn't show the name. Like uh, in particular, so when, whenever Forsetti comes on screen, who uh-huh. is a useless character and shouldn't exist in the whole in the whole anime, but um, whenever he comes on screen, I didn't know who that who the fuck that was, and so I had to stop it, turn it in English, go back, let Weird. it play, let the name appear, and then turn it back. Weird. That's so weird. <laughs> I think Heimdall I actually Heimdall yeah. happened like that as well so strange okay so yeah i gotta say though one good thing about a netflix dub versus like a funimation dub is that they don't use any of the same voice actors so i didn't know i didn't know a single english dub voice actor and honestly uh better than some of the people you know i'm so used to like the the standard funimation voice actors that it was really weird to hear like a whole new english dub cast or just like people i've never heard before and a couple of the performances were really impressive for, from a dub perspective, I thought that yeah. uh, I thought that they all did a pretty bang up job. So I got to give props to the dub dubbing staff on this one because they did a pretty good job. I think the most annoying voice was the little girl. Um, mm. I can't think Gull. of her name. The girl that was with Bernhilder. Goal. Yeah, Goal. She she had that. Um, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It just gives amateur voice actor vibes to me. But it's just sort of like anime inflection that sometimes people will do when they're like voice acting in anime, and it's just like. Wow, Brunhilder, I'm so excited to be around you. And everything's going to be better because of it. It's this, you know, it just feels like it, it's, I don't know. It just feels like they've never acted a day in their life when they when they talk like that. And it's almost like they're trying to, in, it, like, imitate Speed Racer or, like, you know what I mean? Um, but Jerry, that that, actress, that's the same voice of my favorite character from Wonder Egg Priority. Did you watch that dubbed? No, I didn't nope. watch it dubbed. Okay, yeah, I was like, all I know is that that voice actress, she... She just gave off amateur vibes, like you know, like Gary, I can't, you know, spoke so much. What? Do you know who she plays, bro? Who? Who else? She plays Nessa in Pokemon Twilight Wings, bro. Wow. Well, she did not nail. I don't know. I don't know if I even know Nessa's voice in that, but this performance was not her best, in my opinion. Oh, she's Mirko. It's just, it's, it's just this thing, you know. It's like when you hear voice actors. Other than that, yeah. I think that she did. That most of the other voice actors did fine. Um, I especially liked um, 
Zeus's voice actor. I think he did a really good job in the dub. He for some reason they gave him a British accent and or the actor was just British. But uh it was really? I liked it a lot. I fucking dug it for some reason. They gave him a British um, accent? I uh, it was hard for me to tell if it was like it kind of sounded like it was just the guy's accent. Like the voice actor just happened to be a British guy. Um huh. but he nailed it. I thought he was great. I loved it. Um, I loved every second of Zeus's uh, English dub. I thought Bird Hilder's dub actress was also not bad. She did good. Um, it, she was not unbearable to listen to, and I thought she nailed most of her lines and roles. But what did you guys think about the Japanese dub or the OG dub? Or you know, uh, I again, I, these loved, were... I loved Heimdall's voice actor. Oh yeah, oh, I did for too. real. He was his that voice actor was making everything just super hype. And uh, that's cool. As he was announcing people, it would, it would just be very, very cool. But Adam, it was just really cool. God dang it, I enjoyed it. That's awesome. So for me, voice acting and music wise, the show still nailed it. Yeah. It did a pretty good job with it, and uh, I think that's important to note. Again, you know, opening and ending kind of sucked, but little little I skipped fun it every fact, time. The actor for Zeus is like the the main. Final Fantasy VII Sid Highwind voice. He was it. No way. Oh, he was it in Cerberus, Kingdom Hearts, all of it. Yeah. Did he kill? Well, he killed it in this. He did a great job in this show. I thought he was one of my favorite performances from the dub. Yeah. He has had um, some weird voice acting jobs. Really? He was a lot of characters in Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. See, okay, that's crazy. You say that. I always feel like when a cartoon voice actor jumps over to do anime dubs. They're always better than these like these like scrubs that they pick up off the street to do anime dubs. Like I feel like there are these like anime fans that somehow stumble their way into anime dubbing and they're fucking miserable to listen to. Like they just can't act. But when you get someone who's like a trained cartoon voice actor who's been doing cartoon voices for years and they step over and do some anime dubbing, mm. they're almost always like leagues beyond you know, these like little scrubs. Or even I mean, I'll admit like there are some people who started in anime voice acting and they've just done it for so long at this point. They've gotten really good. Um, one of the people I think of always is Justin Cook um, and uh, Sonny Strait. They both started anime voice acting 20, 30 years ago. Uh, I know they both were traditional actors, like stage actors. Um, but mainly, they weren't doing anything like huge. But they have a stage or that sort of background. And then they stumbled into anime voice acting. They weren't, you know, I think they've always been really good, though. Both Sonny and Justin yeah. have been really good voice actors. So it's just weird because now they're, like, pulling these kids off of TikTok to like come and be voice actors at Funimation. Wait, is that true? And it's like, yeah, dude, they have like social media influencers and like random anime dweebs that like do. There's like a YouTuber who does voice acting now who's like a big voice actor. He's got almost a, a million subs or some shit. Um, and he has a lot of voices now. Leon Hart from Poke that opens Pokemon cards on YouTube. He's a Funimation voice actor. Mm -hmm. Um, it literally feels like they just pull people off the street at this point to do Funimation voices, and it's a little bit frustrating because. It's that like Justin you, Briner. That's be you. I, hey, I'll do it if they ask. No, <laughs> let, let me take a shot. Um, Justin Briner is like one of the most annoying voices I've ever heard in my life. And I'm not sure how anyone can sit through an episode of My Hero dubbed because his voice is unbearable to me. And I think he's a... T oh, there it is. The Kenny disconnect you of the pissed, episode. Please, we are late. We are late. We, we are late to this one. So definitely tag him down below where uh, he disconnected. Um, hey. Oh, he's, he's Deku. It, Justin right. Briner, he's the voice of Deku. Easily one of the most annoying voices. He's right up there with Bryce Pappenbrook for me. Pappenbrook and, and Todd Habercorn. I'm not sure. 
I don't know what their background is in acting, but to me, like their performances are always this, like just so stale, so difficult to listen to, so lifeless. You know, like maybe they could do better. Maybe it's the directing that's giving them such a tough job at doing those voices. But their voices are almost always miscast. I feel like they're never the right cast. But whatever. Mm. Record Ragnarok actually nails it in that area. So great artwork, good voice work, good background music. Those are kind of the key parts that are holding Record of Ragnarok up for me. And I got to be honest, guys. What up? You liked it? I liked it's it. still pretty dope. It's, it's still, still pretty, pretty cool. Dope. The story. I'm excited the for the day, next it's, season. It's stupid. The story is stupid. But all of a sudden, after two or three episodes of this, I started wanting more, and I started clicking the next one excited for what was about to happen. And despite all of it, I was stoked like, oh, shit. When Adam and Zeus stepped out and we got Adam's little backstory, I was like, oh, shit. Zeus gets his face punched around backwards, cracks his neck back. I was like, no. That was – Bro, there was just – and slow – and then hero uh, fucking uh, Kojiro Sasaki or whatever. He slices the man. arms off? It's fucking like arm, shit, dude. Arm, I man. loved it. Bro, bro, I was like, holy shit, a human one? There was some heat happening, and all of a sudden, by the end of this show, I was like, oh my god, I kind of liked it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, bro, you want to see Hercules versus Jack the Ripper? When they introduced Jack the Ripper and Hercules? Yeah. Kitty, shitty, dude. You want to see? I was so... I was mind blown. I was like, you want to see Jack the Ripper versus I was like, is that Hercules? She was like, I think that's Hercules. I was like, why haven't we seen him before? She was like, I don't know. We haven't seen All of a sudden, he, Hercules! And I was like, oh my fucking yeah. god! You want to see oh Raiden Tamemong versus Shiva? You want to see? You want to see Shiva versus I to see. Oh, Kenny, I want to see Shiva throw hands so bad. Same. When he was talking, I was like, You got to see. The dude that they get to fight him is the sumo guy, Raiden Tamemong, bro. That's crazy. And that, when Zeus grabbed him on the shoulder and he was like, I got the next one or whatever and yes she was like, bro. What, what? and he was like i've got the next one and she was like bro what the fuck like, i got the day and he was like oh yes mouse uh, i was like uh so, uh, despite all of the show's fucking ridiculous faults of the shitty animation the cuts the voice acting and the music and some of these beautiful art shots that we got was still getting me hyped up the story despite it being stupid and simple was so fun and goofy and absurd that I was like, this is cool. I was like, I was like, these are fucking history characters fighting gods. I was like, what the fuck? It's it's one of those shows where you just can't take it seriously. Cause if you do, you're going to hate um, it. What was that skill he had where he could like mimic the gods? I was like, "Yo, Adam can fucking mimic the gods." Adam's ability fucking... was, was the coolest. It'd be like yeah, it would like cut oh. to like the percentage, and it, it would like I match his it. like reaction speed. Mm. Oh, that shit was so dope! All I mean, of a sudden, as I watched more, I just couldn't get enough. I was like, "Wait a second, I'm enjoying this. I'm having a good time." Um, it's kind of it's kind of got the same effect to me that High Rise Invasion had, where like, as much as High Rise Invasion had lots of the, it actually had very similar issues where art and animation were struggling in some areas, mm-hmm. um, pacing was really like breakneck fast as opposed to this one which was a little sl- slow pacing. Um, High Rise was the exact opposite; it was super fast paced, 
Um, you know, there's directorial decisions that were made that were just kind of piss poor. Despite all that, by the end of Hyra's Invasion, I was kind of having a blast. It was super cool. It was a lot of fun. This show did the same thing to me. By the end of the 12 episodes, I was like, shit, I'm I'm having fun. Um, I'm enjoying this show more than, like, Tower of God or, like, you know, more than some of these other shows that I just hate, you know? And this was cool and exciting. And some of the, some of the animation was actually clean as fuck which i was like oh fuck like some of the exchanges between adam and zeus some of the power attacks even zor zor thor when he bopped the hammer off lubu and they clashed like there were some really clean shots um i loved watching lubu's fucking ankles snap oh my god that was wild he dug his broken ankles into Into the the goddamn horse (laughs) and still charged thor and thor fucking molly his brains out dude like no, Are not you, even not even the first time. Thor knocked his arms off, and then he oh, yeah. bit his arm off, and then tries to oh, bite. Oh shit! Thor. I forgot about because they cla- yeah they clashed. His arms fucking exploded, and then he rips them off, and then he was like ah, and then fucking boom, popped his head right off. Incredible! There was some really cool shots in there. Some really cool shots of animation. Um, it just sucks that it was so incomplete. Like. You know, yep. if this show had gotten a couple more months to go back and add some definition, add some more keyframes, add a couple, you know, animation to clean it up between stuff, there would have this would have been as hype as it should have been. And I'm uh, I'm not super disappointed though. Is the worst part about it. I I had a blast, and I don't know. I think one thing that I'm afraid of is that a lot of manga readers are going to be like, "Bro, if you hated the anime, you're going to love the manga." But for a lot of people who watch the anime. They probably hated it for more reasons than just the animation. They probably hated it because of other things. And what they won't realize is that the manga is the exact same thing. Like, if you didn't... So I have to give that forewarning that, you know, like... If you didn't like this anime because the story or what was happening or any of the the quirky things or the fights or the characters or the fact that after they throw one punch, it's like a whole chapter of exposition. um, (laughs) If those are the things you hated then the manga is not going to be for you. It's the same damn thing. Like the manga is still that same concept at work. Um, what if your main gripe was the animation and the pacing, the manga could be for you, right? If you love the story, you love the concept and you had a blast by the end, it might be a good thing for you to go check out the manga because the yeah. manga, it has some really cool artwork as well. I think the paneling is not great. Maybe this, I don't know if this is the author's like first uh, like piece, but some of the panel work is a little bit difficult to follow is the word I would use, and sometimes it's a little bit basic even. Um, but, but some of that, the double-page spreads are unreal. Like Right. Just, some of the actual the first... artwork is just really clean when he, like, yeah. draws um, something super cool. So, yep. But other, there's actually some drawings that are a little iffy. I, you know, sometimes side characters, he kind of draws them a little off. Cut for setting. Cut for setting. It's a style. But beside the point, if, if what you didn't like about Record of Ragnarok was that stuff. Go check the manga out. If what you didn't like about Record of Ragnarok was everything else, the meat and potatoes of what Record of Ragnarok was, you're not going to like the manga. <laughs> like You're just yeah. not going to like... It's not going to improve the experience for you. It's just the same thing. So um, I would just encourage you to, to consider that if you watch this. But if you ended up maybe like me and by the end of the anime you were out of your seat, still hyped for what was happening... I have to buy the manga now. I just have to. Like, it's coming out English printed next year. Yep. I can't wait. Honestly, there's not even that many volumes. Like, 
There's like a lot right. of right now. I can't wait. Like I, I can't wait to read more. Honestly, like and the the covers are some of the coolest ones. Yo, the the so face so to faces dope. are dope. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be buying buying the print versions of this series, even though it's stupid and goofy. I like the anime so much that I have to go and buy um, the print series. But I'm gonna give it a realistic score, guys. So don't don't think I'm gonna boost this show just because I liked it so much. I still have to give it kind of a realistic score. Yeah. yeah. Um. Kenny, David, that was my closing thoughts. Kenny, yep. David, closing I've, thoughts on Record of Ragnarok? Yeah, I, I I, feel like I've already put all my opinions out there about this show. Um, yeah, I, I, like mean, Record, I, I like the idea of Record of Ragnarok. I'm sad about what happened, but I still enjoyed it, too. I still enjoyed yeah. watching the show. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I'm, I really wished that I really want to see the, um, uh, the Hercules fight. I I don't know if there's going to be any. I mean, they kind of cliffhanger that you know that the, there will be a season two. Um, Lord knows when that will come out, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. So let's just let's just give it a score. Yeah, and I mean, on that note, David, yeah, at the end, you know, it, it obviously did that. And then if nobody noticed, but during this first week of it being on the platform of Netflix, it was number uh, nine or something most viewed in the U.S. That might give it enough gas for Netflix to put more money into it. And, yeah. you know, maybe maybe there's a world where a season two comes out and it is, like, leagues better. You know what I mean? Like, they Who put knows, more yeah. money. Maybe this makes enough money because of the buzz. that um, The fact that it was number nine in the U.S. kind of blew my mind. I was like, uh, not often does anime land on that top ten list. Um, so yeah. that means a lot of people were watching it that maybe otherwise wouldn't have. So maybe yeah. this convinces netflix to put a little more money into season two mm-hmm. and maybe grafinica steps it up because you know david and i looked at some of their past work they've done some good work um yeah they really have done a couple shows that are not half bad so maybe we get lucky and this time next year we get a season two and we get to see hercules and um jack, jack, the, jack the ripper fight and, and maybe maybe it's one of the and maybe they get a new director you know what i mean i it wouldn't surprise me if grafinica switches directors you know, switches things up. Maybe they get a better budget, and they uh, pump out a season two that looks way better than season one did. And then I think maybe the hype will be there. But who knows? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I think what Kenny said earlier is the best way that they should approach it. Like the way that this whole story is structured, it would make the most sense that they just do like ovas for each of the fights. So each fight is mm-hmm. like an hour to hour and a half long. So that way they they don't have to like you know make it all stretch out to be 12 episodes because right. that'll fix the oh, pacing man. issue. Hopefully yeah. that will, they, they won't be lazy and they'll take some liberty with the animation. Right. So, it, so who knows, but yeah. I mean, it would be super cool if they release like, you know, next year they just release like Hercules versus Jack the Ripper and it's like 56 minutes or something and it's just literally yeah. the chapter that starts the fight to the chapter that ends it and then that's it and they just animate it correctly paste as well as you know paste exactly how they want it that would be the best approach grafinica could take honestly and it would be potentially very very cool but i agree all right boys let's rate it i'm gonna have to be honest even though i love i enjoyed it by the end i'm gonna be up front about my score so on on three guys three two one all right i love how you said on three and then you said three two one so we did it on one Oh fuck me! I'm so sorry. It's, it's all right. One, two, six. three. Um, <laughs> I went with a six as well. I was toward. I'm kind of leaning towards a five point five, but six was kind of where I landed. Kenny, 
Um, Wreck-It Ragnarok is a good story. Yep. Uh, not a good story. It's just it's fun, but you know they. I think they dropped the ball. So. Yeah. yeah. Middle it, of the road. It's got it's got a story that is exactly what anime good anime not good fun anime should be, but unfortunately it just didn't live up to it with the animation that could yep. have uh, held the story up. So. Yeah. Yep. You know it could have been a seven if they just paced it better. And done and actually animated some scenes. This would have easily been a seven for me. This would have been like a must watch almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like the main fo- the main focus of the, of the show the- needs to be animation, and the animation was right. like, eh, kind of a miss. It yeah, wasn't. So. It, it was good some parts. It wasn't. You know, it had some misses. Honestly, so. let's let mm-hmm. let's let UFO table animate the next one. Tell say more, Kenny. No, I'm just, that would be. Crazy. I mean, Mappa doesn't have enough. They can they can add this to their list, right? Honestly, the one actual group that I think would I would love to have seen this show go to is Madhouse. Mm-hmm. Madhouse is known for sort of the hyper-violent, over-the-top stuff, and they've done some really beautiful animations over the years. And um, I think Madhouse could have knocked a show like this out of the park. They they really love heavy lines, sharp lines. Um, I think this would have been a really good show for Madhouse. but um, or, or Bones. Bones could have probably done yeah. a good job yeah. of the show, too. So... Another Actually, really any, solid any animation company. No, Studio Dean could not have done this show. Don't don't, you don't think so. Studio Dean? No, no. Not Studio, Studio Dean. Dean. I think Studio Dean needs to keep its hands far. Or Philippines or Leiden Films. Those would have been companies I would not have trusted with this show either. Or what? Toei. Toei. Nope. Toei. Toei couldn't have done this show. No. 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 This is too like this, dark. To me, this Studio is a animation. this is a madhouse. This is a Bones. This yeah. is a Mappa. This is a. You know, this would have been one of those shows where, and you know, Graffinica, they do have a bit of a back story with some, like David and I found out they did part of Helsing Ultimate, um, and to me they did a pretty good job. I'm pretty sure on those Helsing Ultimate episodes. So it's Graffinica at least had a bit of a track record, but you know, just a miss with who their director was, and uh, I think a time crunch combined with budget issues made this show turn out the way it was. But whatever. Um, okay, Boyos. Right. We played through another episode. So great uh you know, thanks boys for knocking it out. Kenny? This was you haven't done you haven't done one in a minute. I don't know. Do you have uh do you have the time to maybe unravel a shonen anime? Yeah. What do you think? Do you think you think you can do that for us today? I don't know. For those yeah, of you that are new to the podcast or haven't watched a lot of our backlog, one thing that us as as boys have always talked about is that shonen anime after a length of time that it runs it just kind of starts to what's the word you would use kenny maybe unravel unravel a little bit maybe just unravel a little bit um so kenny has taken it upon himself as the the master of shonen manga the king of shonen manga maybe kenny might be uh the king of shonen manga he has noted the, God? the many, many times. Whoa. The Kami Whoa. of Shonen Manga? Kami-sama? Um, Kami-sama? The, you know, Kenny, the king of Shonen Manga, has started to really take note of all these Shonen Manga that they just, <laughs> they just unravel. They just fall apart in the back half. And so we've always taken it upon ourselves to inform you all, spoiler-filled, spoiler-filled versions of what happens to these uh, anime and manga. So we haven't done one in... Man, it's probably been ten or eleven episodes since we've done one. Quite a while. So it's been a cool minute. Kenny, what are you going to unravel for us tonight? What do they need to be spoiler warning for uh, going into tonight's unravel? 
Imagine for a second that somebody made a manga about American football. Oh, it's your favorite. And the main character wore an ice shield, and his number was 21. Now, whenever manga comes out week to week, you just don't think it's getting crazy. But then you look back at it as a whole, and you're like, what's going on? Now, in Ice Shield 21, there... In most okay, in most sports anime, there's a national tournament. In Ice Shield 21, that's called the Christmas Bowl. Now, after the Christmas Bowl, do you think the show should probably still go? Because the Ice Shield 21 manga continued to run after the Christmas Bowl. After the Damon Devil Bats defeated the, um, I believe it's the Alexanders. Mm-hmm. At the Christmas Bowl, the original Ice Shield 21, who played at Notre Dame, he played for the Alexanders, they defeated him. But now they've got to go to a world tournament where the winner may make it into the NFL. The true NFL, the National Football League, that exists in real life. <laughs> um, so, obviously, an all-star team from Japan has to be elected all the best players, but one player is a mummy. You don't know who it is. It's a secret player. So you're you're told 11, you know, the offense and defense of the team is set up between all of the best characters from the show up to that point. But then a mummy character is introduced and you're like, what character is that? You're like, oh, is that, is that, uh, is that Agon, the, the dude from the Shinryuji Nagas? Is that, um, you know, is that his brother, the bald guy? No, no, no. It's the chameleon guy. The guy from the chameleons? He's the mummy guy. Also, the tournament, the world tournament that they're going to, the first two rounds basically do not exist. And then all of a sudden, they're just playing the Americans. And then you're like, wait a second. Why am I watching not my Damon Devil Bats? You know, hardly even any of them. I'm pretty sure it's just Haruma and Senna. I don't even think Monta made the team. Maybe Monta did make the team. Like, that's what it. What about, uh, wasn't there like a... The big guy? No, there was a guy with like a ponytail, I think. And a, a bit of scruff. What was uh, that guy's name? He's the tight end. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember his name, bro. He no, didn't make we, it. Didn't make the team. Didn't make the team. Sorry. Oh, man. So all the, your favorite characters that you've grown attached to throughout Ice Shield 21 are basically not But the non-existent. main spiky-headed guy made it, too, right? Cinna. Yeah, Haruma did, so, yes. I could never think of his name. And obviously Cinna, but the main, like, the blonde guy. Yeah, Haruma did, Haruma. yeah. Even though he's not he's not main quarterback, either. Like, where Haruma was, like, the, the tower, he is, like, he's the backup quarterback. He runs, like, mm-hmm. trick plays and shit. But it basically, wow. basically, Ice Shield 21 tore down all of your favorite characters out of the show. Um, and then made a tournament arc of all of the best players up to that point. So a lot of players that were villains up to this point. Mm. And so it's just, it's hilarious. Um, it just, and then it just ends like, you're like, uh, we're just watching a world tournament. And then they, there's like a picture of them continuing to play because at the end of regulation, they said there would be no overtime rules, but it's a tie. And so the players continue to play and there's like a picture. And then it's like them in college and it does like a a small time skip and they're all at different schools in college and it's cool um that's it 
That's it. That's the end of Ice Shield. And here's the thing. Just into the Christmas Bowl. Just into the Christmas Bowl. And then do the, that the was time the original skip. plan. Yeah, I actually think that one was they were told to keep writing. They said, hey, we're still serializing you. And they were like, what? They're like, you yeah, what I hate about keep what I hate story. about that is like that happens. It's like Dragon Ball Z, right? Like, yeah, it's like you know, Bleach. at the end of the Cell Saga, they wanted it to be great. They thought it was a great place to end. Uh, uh, Toriyama did, Tor- but, he, Toriyama but then did. he was like, but then he was like, they were like, no, we need we need more Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so he has to write Boo and Boo. Then all of a sudden was like, Boo, we hate Boo. You know, so then they cancel it. They end it finally. And I just feel like Shueisha has done that to themselves so many times of the year where they're like, yeah. oh, shit, it's at its peak. Keep writing more. And then when they write more, it's like, oh, the popularity really died down. You need to cancel that, please. Yeah. You know, and it's like such a bummer, dude. So, yeah, I feel definitely. Yeah. I feel 21 in particular is two well-respected mangakas that are currently writing great shonen are uh, team up the author of Dr. Stone. Richiro Inigaki and the artist for One Punch Man, Yusuke Murata, truly have a hidden gem, a past gem that people do not think about in Ice Shield 21, even if the end kind of unravels. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right, Kenny. Well, there you go, guys. Another episode of Unraveled, Ice Shield 21 Unraveled. One of the one of Kenny's... Favorite sports manga of all time. Of all still time. to this day. I mean, look so, at art, bro. Come on. And I, I, really I loved what manga. I saw of the anime when I was younger. I remember when I was younger, Kenny and I really liked the anime a lot, but Kenny read the manga and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even remember what even happened. I mean, I remember chunks of it, but I would have to rewatch it, honestly, to remember all the details. Mm-hmm. It's, a, um, it's a sports anime. Uh, so, But still, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Sid is a great character, one that I really liked a lot growing up. He's kind of got that... It's kind of got those Deku vibes a little bit, yeah. like that sort of, sort yeah. of like you know he he you know makes plays, but he's also kind of a scaredy cat kind of character. But uh, he grows a lot throughout the story. Um, but yeah, I show twenty one. Okay, boys, so that's it. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning into another episode of the Uncensored Anime Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe down below. That's all the great stuff that if you're over here on YouTube, that's all the things you can do. But if you're over on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or on Anchor, you can hit the following button. You can rate us a five stars. You can do all those wonderful things. It helps to spread our podcast. If you're enjoying our conversations, make sure you do that because it helps us out. It helps more people to hear what we, we have to say. You know, We really enjoy giving you guys these hot takes on anime we love reviewing anime shows like record of ragnarok like we did tonight and um, we hope that you guys enjoy listening we have some awesome stuff still planned obviously the seasons are wrapping up and we've already done it the last three seasons so we're gonna do it again so that means we're going to do a seasonal wrap-up go over all the shows that we finished this season and or that we've kept up with and then we're gonna follow it up with a summer 2021 anime uh hit list you know it's our our 13 shows that we're gonna try out we're gonna do our first uh our First episode watch and, and initial reactions of just one episode of each of those shows, which we've done every season. So be on the lookout. Those episodes will be coming very soon as the new shows start to come out and start to debut. And then we've obviously got some super fun stuff planned for the summer. Hopefully some more fun guests, some special episodes that won't be just reviews, but also some more anime reviews, some more anime content, some more manga content. So if you want to be involved in all that, make sure you press subscribe because it's going to be so much fun. Uh, no, but for real, we may even be... I don't know. Jumping off uh, the scenery. We might be getting out of these squares here, guys, right? We might get 
get out of some of these squares, do a little bit of this stuff. So we might we might have some stuff planned. So thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Uncensored Anime Podcast, and we're saying peace. Peace.